Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change. And these are the people who show us how. Hello, fellow changemakers. This is Lynn Weinman, founder and chief strategist of Kid Glove, and welcome to another episode of Agency for Change podcast. Today, we're talking with Amy Dickerson, managing director of Lancaster Event Center. We're going to discuss how fairgrounds and event centers make an economic impact, the importance of staying connected to our agricultural roots, and the experience of leading through a global pandemic. Amy, thank you for joining me today. Hello, everybody. Amy, we have people listening from across the country. Could you start by giving us an overview of what happens at Lancaster Event Center? Well, this is a national level fairgrounds actually here based in Lancaster County in the capital of Nebraska here in Lincoln. And uh, we've got 160 acres. Uh, including 9.2 acres of buildings or 400,000 square feet across about seven buildings, big open multi-use buildings. And uh, we've got a couple major seasons. So you can kind of picture what we do here. We were built as a home for the Lancaster County Super Fair, which has grown to be the biggest county fair in Nebraska. That's 10 days each uh, late summer. We, uh, spring to fall, we run probably around 125, mainly equine, but some livestock shows. We've got one going on right now as we speak. It's going to end up being our biggest one of the year, 570 stalls. People are here from coast to coast here and uh, coming to enjoy Nebraska and Lincoln and enjoying our 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 uh, fairgrounds here. During the winter, in fact, we're getting ready for that right now, talking about trade shows and indoor people shows like circuses and tractor pulls and other motorsport. But trade shows are big. We have the second largest farm show to give you an idea and the second largest indoor tractor pull um, inside our buildings during the winter here in Nebraska. And those are super popular things to do, you know, kind of affordable family fun. You know, if you have a passion, you, you know, you can pretty much do it out here at the fairgrounds and we're opening up a grandstand outside in a new expanded arena, a national event campground. So we're starting to attract really big, uh, high school, uh, rodeos and, uh, big RV rallies. And, um, we also, you know, just on the side, just because that's not enough to do, we, we do full service catering. So we have the biggest banquet hall in town and do lots of receptions and business meetings and, and you name it, it, it happens at Lancaster Event Center. Wow, that's a lot. I know I was driving by just yesterday and noticed that your campground was full of RVs and campers. So I, I knew something big was going on there. So it's good to know that you had another big equine show happening. Now, I know you have all different kinds of events, but your mission statement speaks to showcasing the agricultural nature of Lancaster County. Why is that important in today's world, Amy? Well, the organization that owns and operates and, and actually came up with the vision and built the Lancaster Event Center 20 years ago is the Lancaster County Ag Society. And this is a group of nine volunteer publicly elected board. You know, originally back 150 years ago in the very first years in Nebraska, it was all about, okay, promoting agriculture. Let's get together at the end of the summer, celebrate the harvest, 
celebrate what's going on in the community, uh, keep the youth involved, give them a chance to learn about and compete. It might have been about growing vegetables, sowing, or a lot of livestock and horses. And, and these are really life skills at that point that a good majority of our population were involved in agriculture personally, right? And so that's the genesis of it 150 years ago. Now you fast forward to now, and last I checked, we all still pretty much like to eat three times a day, but there's just a lot, a lot fewer of us involved in that today. And so you could argue that the Ag Society is even more relevant today to share with all of us, you know, how is our, where's our food come from? And for the youth out there, provide them opportunities to dig into those and and see if that's an interest area of theirs. And if not, you know, they, you know, good leadership and teamwork and discipline to work on you know, projects uh, all year and culminating at the county fair. And, and we do other things here, other youth sports and science fairs and, and that kind of thing. So youth is, is really near and dear to our heart, whatever they end up being passionate about. But I think we, you know, I was just talking to our mayor today about that we could really help. She's very passionate about climate change and sustainability. And I think that's very related to agriculture and how we can all be doing things better there. And we can showcase that to our public as they come out for the fair and year round. So it's very, um, it's, it's a fun organization to work for as a nonprofit, definitely to continue to be relevant in today's world. That's fantastic. You know, I have such fond memories of going to my grandparents' houses. Both sets of my grandparents were farmers and helping to feed the cattle and ride in the tractor and the combine and and those things. And I think as the generations of my family go on, the kids are farther removed from that. And sometimes a county fair and some of the things you do at the Lancaster Events Center might be the only connection to those roots. And I, I think it's great mm-hmm. that we still have and preserve that. So Amy, this is a big number. I have seen a study by a third party from the University of Nebraska Bureau of Business Research that says that Lancaster Event Center has a million economic impact on the region. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Can you just tell us a little bit more about how that comes about? Well, I'll tell you what, that was actually measured back in 2017. And we've been growing since then because we've been relaunching as a team here. And in fact, before the pandemic this year, we were set to grow another 40% this year with two national, international events that were coming. So we were estimating our impact was actually going to be closer to 60, even up to $70 million this year. Wow. And um, as I look at, you know, my core team is about 20 people. That means each one of them is bringing $3 million of outside spending from visitors outside the county to our county and supporting as many as 750 jobs and $2 million of local taxes coming in from people like I described before coming from all over the country in the, in the region. All at the same time, while we, by the way, do support 200 community events here too, you know, very local, um, often free and or affordable. So we're, you know, kind of play those two hats there, but the, that economic spending is, we're something we're very proud of to do outside of fair time. It's a big part of our mission to, to bring that, to the area and we're proud of it and it takes a lot of work and we're not subsidized to do it, but uh, you know, which we're very painfully aware of right now during the COVID, during the pandemic, but it's, it's interesting. It, it varies uh, when the, the university did the study, they were here over a year, went to a variety of our different events. Like I described to you before, it's such a wide variety. And they found there were three 
basic types of folks that were spending money. If you came just to be a spectator or a shopper, you know, like at that tractor pull, the circus, the trade show, you were spending on average about $100 if you were coming from outside of the county in for one of those, you know, between what you spent on grounds and then maybe went and filled up your gas or went to have, went shopping or to the zoo or that kind of thing. So $100 if you were a spectator or shopper, if you were a competitor at one of those uh, horse and equine shows I described, it's about $150 a day, which probably they stay on average four or five days a lot of times. So hotel rooms, campsites, that kind of thing start to play and, and shopping and, and that kind of thing. And all the way up to we have that second biggest farm show coming up. Those exhibitors are, a lot of them are corporate people from large companies and they have expense accounts and they're staying in a nice hotel downtown and doing a nice dinner every night. And so they're spending closer to over $200 a day. And so that all adds up. And, and all that's really from our biggest about 100 shows. The other 200 I described, community events, there's no incremental economic impact that is measured from that, including that huge county fair I talked about, you know, because the those economists are pretty tough, you know, when they do those economic impact studies. He said, no, if they hadn't come there to the to the super fair, they might have gone downtown and had a dinner. So it's not incremental dollars to the to the county. So that's just the incremental dollars from people coming outside of the county county. So it's pretty fun to to measure that and see that. That's pretty amazing. So now you talk about all of these people coming to Lancaster County, Lincoln, Nebraska, right in the middle of the country. You know, Lincoln maybe doesn't have this national reputation as a vacation spot. What does it take to attract these big events here? You know, it's actually, it's way easier to attract these national events than it is to attract your average family out there thinking about where am I going to go on vacation, you know, this year. So you kind of hit on what is our kind of our secret number one marketing message is we're in the center. That That's very exciting to a national group when they're trying to maximize their attendance from all areas of the country. And, you know, Nebraska and Lincoln have just wonderful characteristics to visit. It's near major transportation, interstates and airports. It's safe. It's friendly. There's lots of things to do. We're on the top of a lot of lists of national lists that, uh, you know, Lincoln's really starting to come in and of its own as a place to visit. And like I was describing to to somebody the other day, to our hoteliers, I think, you know, when we get these 2000 RVs coming in for an RV rally, it's a great sampling of Lincoln. And, um, or when all these 1700 high schoolers come for the national high school finals rodeo next year, those families coming in and getting on our university and college campuses while they're here, what a great way to get them to considered to be a student here or a future citizen or those RVers talking the rest of their family and, hey, you know, you ought to go to Lincoln or Nebraska to visit. We saw this, we saw that. So, so that's, that's exciting. That's fantastic. Having talked with you in the past, I know that you spend as much time promoting Lincoln and Nebraska as you do promoting the event center itself. And yeah, as you think about it, these RVs, the horse shows, the livestock folks, even a lot of the trade show people that are bringing in equipment and so forth, they need to drive here and being centrally located, I could see where that would be a huge, huge benefit. So Amy, here's a big question. I mean, 2020 is an interesting year. And when I say interesting, that's probably the most positive way I can put it, right? 
I know you were on track to have a record year. Wow, you you potentially could have had 40% growth with several national events and the 150th anniversary of the Super Fair. And then on March 13th, as a result of the global pandemic, you were forced to completely shut down. I'd just like to hear a little bit from you on how did that impact the event center and also you personally as a leader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we ended up being uh, shut for three and a half months and uh, we prepare for a lot of things here. We have an emergency plan with like 30, 40 situations in it. And the one that wasn't in there was pandemic. And yeah, I mean, you go through the classic stages whenever there's a big change in your life. The first one, it was just absolute shock you know, for me and the team, all of us, all of us in the whole country were going through that. But, you know, the team very quickly pivoted and we figured out, okay, this is how we're going to operate and keep everybody safe. And it's just been a constant pivoting to pivoting to the point where it feels like you just keep, you're spinning around in 360 degree circles. But like, I was just coming to somebody else today that, you know, we can get kind of overwhelmed because it's just kind of constant change. I talked to a lot of people about it feels like it's been multiple years this year, you know, because the amount of change and how fast it's been. There's been a lot of silver linings that have come out of out of the pandemic, too. It's it's caused us to build relationships statewide that we've never had before as we've been researching how to get some support to make sure that we can keep our core team and be ready to open up this fairgrounds to have keep having the impact that it that it's been having as quickly as possible. It's caused us to rethink a lot of our operations. We now have the capability to work remote, which uh, we didn't have before for our office team. We've figured out how to do drive-in events, you know, whether it's a movie or a broadcast concert. With We opened up with Garth Brooks' broadcast concert, of all things, after three and a half months. Um, food truck rodeos outside. Um, I'm talking to my trade shows right now about unique things they can do. They could actually, there's some marketing advantages. We have to do time ticket entry now for our biggest trade shows this winter. And I was just talking to a promoter about, well, you can use the opportunity to ask five key questions. And now you've got an email list, you know, and, you know, versus taking cash at the door. So there's some advantages to things. So it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey. I'm proud of my team. Um, they're out there right now talking to those people or across the country about wear your face coverings, keep your distance. You know, my team has pivoted and, and created a safe environment as safe as you can be. And uh, we've become kind of known for that. And we're proud of that so that we can stay open and provide, you know, we have blood drives out here now, food distributions. We've had COVID testing. We're out here for the community too. And we're proud to do it, including the election coming up. We're an election site now. So, so I it's, didn't it's, know that. yeah, so it's been an interesting journey and I, I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but on, I think coming out of it, we've learned a lot too. Amy, I really appreciate your perspective on that. I've talked to a lot of leaders about how they're dealing with the pandemic, and it seems like the ones who are thriving have those two same things that you just mentioned. They're pivoting, and almost you've got to feel a little bit like a ballet dancer, right? Like you've pivoted all the way around and you're starting again. And then you know, they also are looking at this and saying, what opportunities can come from this mm-hmm. and looking forward? And I think we will all be stronger coming out of it. So I, I think that's really a great, great perspective. So as the event center starts to reopen, what do things look like moving forward for you? 
Uh, we've successfully opened up with our horse shows. Those have been going great, actually bigger than ever now in the fall because we had a lot of shows rescheduled from spring and summer. We just got approval to how we're going to operate with our trade shows. I mentioned the time tickets and the face coverings and kind of spacing things out indoors, you know, like more grab and go food, less lines, that kind of thing. And I'm really hopeful that those pop-up retail stores will, for those that are able to come out, will be, will be good for everybody. Good opportunity to have something to do. The mayor just said to me, I, you know, you guys are providing a service in terms of mental health, providing some safe things for people to do. Going forward, we're hoping to be you know, when it starts to get warmer again, then we really start to shine because with that 160 acres and our buildings with the huge garage doors, you know, we can really do a lot of things very safely. And so that big high school rodeo, the super fair, the horse shows again, and I bet we'll be doing still drive, drive in things until everybody's got that vaccine. So we're just moving forward. We're planning on being open. We're planning, you know, with all the, the best health experts and my team making, making changes and, and working with our customers and uh, and getting that word out to to our guests, you know, that they can feel safe coming. For those that don't have a personal health issue, if they want to come out, we're going to provide a safe safe environment as we can. So that's how we're kind of keep going during the pandemic here. Fantastic! All of that space you have out there, all of those acres, has got to be really helpful, both inside and and outdoors as we all work our way through this. So Amy, you've been through a lot, a lot in your career, but a lot in the last even six to eight months. What advice do you have for leaders who face adversity? Never lose hope and trust your team. You know, something that I've, I've really learned to more value just in the last couple of months is the power of gratitude. That if you start with what you're, I'm a, I'm a, for those of you that are Gallup Strengths Finder people, my number one is maximizer. And so my first thing that I usually talk to people about is how we can do it just a little bit better. And a lot of my people not understanding that strength take that as, oh, she doesn't like what I did. And actually it's just, it's just my strength that, you know, that I'm always trying to improve things just a little, I can always see, oh, I can just be a little bit, you know, and then I'll be perfect. But I'm learning that, you know, with all the stress that and change that people are dealing with this year, it's really, really important to start with gratitude, start with recognition of what they're already doing. And, and especially because I've also had to go and ask some really important people for some support. So, but everybody loves that recognition and that gratitude. So starting there and it's, it helps build those relationships, you know, with, with your team, with, with other partners and community leaders. And so, Again, you know, silver lining from the from COVID. I'm sure that's something my team would have wished I learned five years ago, but <laughs> COVID has actually really cemented that. Amy, I might have mentioned this to you before, but it is, I, I'm kind of coming to the belief that maybe 2020 in a very difficult way has been the year we all needed, right? To kind of bring us back to the basics. But I, I love that advice. Never lose hope trust your team as leaders boy we have to trust our teams and then the power of gratitude all all great things i also have witnessed your maximizer strength in action and and i do believe always looking for that slight edge is is also good advice so so you know i have a 
background in marketing. I know you have a background in marketing. This is my only marketing question I ask on the podcast, but what advice do you have for others to help them just get the word out about what they're doing? Well, I tell you, we just couldn't survive without our social media, you know, and all the different electronic forms, our website or emails, all that. Um, we, we have very tight marketing dollars and we have relied more and more on that. And I, I think there's just uh, the sky's the limit there. I think we're still just scratching the surface of what we can do there and how we can engage. And, and I think the challenge is there's a lot of noise out there across all the different media channels. When you look at how many cable channels and radio and social and the number of messages we all see and just in our houses and our daily lives and, you know, how do you, you know, really break through and be really authentic and create a relationship with your, with your customers, you know, and, and social media has some dark sides, you know, it's really easy for people to just jump right in without information and post negative comments. And as a, marketer, you know, we were used to having more control, you know, in the past, and you have to let some of that just ride. And some of it, it's, it's, you can't take it down because they'll notice that's not authentic. Is it appropriate to sit there and argue with somebody in social media? Is that a, you know, no, probably not. But is it, it's a great way to, you know, being marketers that had to figure out how, you know, we had used to pay tens of thousands of dollars to get basic marketing research. And now that's another thing that is really powerful about social media. You can get a pulse of, you know, and you have to take for granted that, you know, not everybody's out there. It's not a scientific sample, but at least it gives you a pulse in a way to have a conversation. And it even becomes customer service. We get so many people that don't bother to pick up the phone and they just ask us a question there. And it requires a lot of time you know, and some folks on your team really talented at being authentic like that, taking your, what's going on that changes all the time. And, you know, I, we don't keep up with it, but it's, it's, it's an interesting tool that I think we, again, we're just scratching the surface on. Right. Every post is like a, a mini focus group. And, you know, as far as you mentioned about being authentic, I've witnessed the advice you gave in the previous question. I've witnessed that happening in your social media. I've I've seen your posts be hopeful and positive. I've seen you highlight your team members. I've seen you express gratitude to the community and others. So I, I think that's kind of neat to see your advice coming forward in your social media as well. Amy, for people who would really like to learn more about what's happening at Lancaster Event Center and support the Event Center in some way, how can they find out more? So it's really easy. You can start with our website, uh, LancasterEventCenter.org, and you can uh, see what's going on with the year-round Event Center operations with 300 events there. And uh, we're always looking for new staff and advertising partners, uh, volunteers to help with some of the bigger shows, some great marketing opportunities there. You can hit the orange button at the top right and go over to the Super Fair as a whole other parallel site that's up all year. And there's some neat opportunities to support the youth and, and what they're doing and, and great very engaging marketing opportunities there. And then, and then the other biggie that we have, because we're helping co-host it is a national high school finals rodeo. And uh, that's a really unique, that'll be, that's the world's biggest uh, rodeo coming to town next year, next July. And what a neat opportunity to have about, we're going to have about, we're going to pop up a town, Lynn. We're going to have about 8,000 people here next year living on our grounds and 
and more visitors coming in to see the rodeo and enjoy the shopping and the eating. And uh, so all of those, it's all on our website and my, my email and phone numbers out there. And uh, you can just reach out to me and there's, there's a lot of different ways that, you know, whether you want to sell something out here, be an advertiser, be a sponsor, be a donor, because we are nonprofit volunteers. Maybe you have a group, you know, in your company that you'd like to do a certain number of hours and give back. That's huge to us as a, as a nonprofit. And, and for those groups out there that they need support, you know, with a lot of nonprofits are listening to this, right? So if they need somewhere, a big space to do what they need to do, if they need to run a fundraiser or a training or have a meeting or, that kind of thing. We've had more and more nonprofits reach out. We're, in fact, we just just announced a uh, program where nonprofits locally in the county can come out and get their first two thousand dollars free of what they do out here each year. Wow. So there are, I'll throw amazing. that out there for those nonprofit executives that are listening. All right. Did everybody hear that? That's a, that's an amazing program, Amy. I was talking uh, a few weeks ago with Scott Young. Uh, the director of the Lincoln Food Bank, uh, who's also on the podcast. And he was also mentioning how the event center has been so helpful as they do expanded drive-through food distribution throughout the pandemic as well. Mm -hmm. So he was very appreciative of you and your staff and and the space that you have as well. 375 cars in an hour this week, so... Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Amy, you have been through a lot this year and your story of leadership through adversity, it inspires me and I know it will inspire others. And I really thank you for your time today. You bet, Lynn. It was good to talk with everybody. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a change maker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.